0: Okay, we're live.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us today on Becca's World. I'm your host, Blind Becca. How is everybody today on this beautiful Friday? I am so sorry, guys, that we haven't gone live in the last couple of weeks, but we've been working on some really important projects, and so we've been prioritizing things in order to get things moving in a quicker fashion so we can get more products out to you guys. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just just recently finished uh, an important writing project that will be um, probably getting out on, on print and audible, hopefully within the next month and a half. Um, and we're moving for like full speed ahead on the movie. And of course we've got great stuff going on with the YouTube channel. And so I just got so, there's so many exciting projects going on. In, in every one of our projects we have, big things going on and we recently got we recently found a um what is she called a grant writer a professional grant writer and when i say we found i mean god brought us a professional grant writer and to me the way it happened it was so clearly god just like it was so clearly god the day he brought me gino to help me you know um open my company and start making my movie and all of this stuff so but yeah so this is what's going on um anyway is vic with us then i'm sorry okay hey vic how are you i was just trying to keep our guests entertained until you were available
2: well i've been here all along
1: (laughs) okay so what's been going on, Vic, up there? In-
2: well, we're just as busy, actually. Um, I'm going to start broadcasting a show that really helped me uh, when I first went blind uh, called The Blind Handyman and Blind Like Me on Saturday morning.
1: Oh, okay. Can you tell us about these programs?
2: Yeah. Well, The Blind Handyman are a bunch of guys who got together Every week and talked about handyman stuff How to deal with do- tools and handyman projects Do-it-yourself projects And stuff like that All with the blind in mind And uh, Blind Like Me grew from the blind handyman uh, As a show where Well, the host, Phil Parr Who is my inspiration for creating Meet Me um uh, pretty much essentially interviewed people like I do on Meet Me, uh letting other people see that blindness can be overcome, if not overcome, then lived with. You so know, that sort of thing.
1: I have a question. So the blind handyman, have they thought about um producing some podcasts in which they can describe how they fix like some some of these normal um, day-to-day house projects that handyman need to fix whether they're blind or sighted have they thought about doing some podcasts where they're actually fixing say like a a drain in a sink and they're giving verbal instructions on how they're doing it to help blind users who want to learn how to do it you know
2: well that's what this show does These shows were produced uh, a little over 15 years ago. Okay, cool. So I was given permission to uh, rebroadcast them. They had been originally publicized on ACB radio and uh, various radio reading services uh, throughout the country, even up here in Canada.
1: 15 years ago was a long time. I wonder if anybody's thought about looking at the subject matter of some of those videos and re rebrought, you know, reinventing them, like checking to see what the newest information is about these particular topics and doing an updated video about them. Right. Yeah,
2: that's possible. I mean, these were originally just podcasts, so they are only voice, but, uh, I'm sure somebody could get,
1: I'm sorry. I'm are you there? Yeah. Uh-huh. I just muting that.
2: Um, you know, I and I agree with you. Maybe somebody should be able to do that. Um, but as far as you asking about actually performing various household uh, projects, they actually do do that. They talk about how to do things like that. Okay. like how to unplug a toilet or a pipe or whatever, changing a wall socket, that sort of thing.
1: So would you, for our viewers, once again, say the date, time, location, and name of this podcast so they can look into it? Yeah,
2: our channel will be broadcasting them on Saturday mornings between 9 and 11, uh, we'll do Blind handy men at 11 and the Blind Like Me show at 10. Uh, that's Eastern. Um, and, uh, from there, of course, we have, uh, Snap down later at 9 p.m. But, uh, yeah, the show is going to be broadcast once a week, every Saturday mornings.
1: What is your topic going to be on Snap this week? Do you know?
2: Uh, S&M. SNM? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Cool.
2: Bondage and Discipline.
1: Oh, cool. And it starts at what time on Saturday? Uh
2: 9 p.m. Eastern.
1: 9 p.m. Eastern. Okay, great. And the name of your show again is Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? Is that where they go to listen to it on Saturday?
2: Uh yeah. At nine PM. Yeah.
1: Okay, great. Cool. That'll be interesting.
2: We're I... also actually in talks. Uh, developing a show called Perspectives. And uh, one of the first topics we were talking about in this meeting was which we thought more advantageous, going blind uh, later on in life or being born blind. Mm -hmm. We weren't quite sure. I mean, it's a huge debate that's literally decades old. But it's definitely a a curious question. What do you think about it?
1: I think that of all of my blind peers that I've known and of myself personally, I feel like the people who have been blind from birth definitely have an edge and a leg up on people like me who were blinded later in life. You know what I mean? So that's how I feel about it. Um, How so? just because like their first their first nature was to learn to see with their hands and with their ears and their heart. They didn't have to learn it later in life. And, right. and so because it's always been that way for them, like I said, it's not something they had to learn later in life. And because I had to learn it later in life and because I actually got quite a bit of vision back um it makes it hard for me to have really excellent skills in that regard and Mm -hmm. honestly sometimes i'm not paying attention when i'm using those skills and i fall down right because i'm not paying attention and the reason i'm not paying attention is because i'm actually trying to use my stupid vision and it's when i use my vision right which is unreliable and you know what I mean? It's times mm-hmm. like that that I, I fall down and get hurt instead of because I'm relying on my vision instead of paying attention to what my cane's tell me. I'll literally overwalk my cane in favor of what my vision's telling me at times when I'm not paying attention. And it's times like those I'll, I'll fall down over a curb or I'll trip on a fire hydrant or whatever. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, people who are born blind actually have the ability to develop those other senses uh more acutely well they're, um,
1: they're distracted by the sight in the first place
2: right exactly yeah. and that's it isn't it i mean most people who are born blind pretty much develop the hearing of bats they develop the uh touch of well really sensitive touch mm-hmm. that sort of thing i, I but and having having said that, people wonder if it's ok if it's a good thing that people that people who went blind later in life know what color an apple is.
1: Another thing I want to talk about in this last regard is people who went blind later in life. They all, I mean, not all, but a lot of them, I'd say, like ninety nine percent of them, have this strong desire to get that vision back and their sole focus in life is getting that vision back. And I've met these people and they, they, that's all they talk about. And that's all they research and, and, and they, they submit to so many, so many medical procedures, so many invasive medical, medical, you know, surgeries on their eyes and on their brains and stuff like that. Right. And, and in the end, like I haven't talked to a single one who's gotten anything substantial back. Most of these people wind up hurt worse in the end. Like they have worse scarring and they have worse like worse. um Like the body has like worse symptoms of trauma, right? Like they have more inflammation and and stuff like that after they wind up submitting to another surgery and, mm-hmm. and I talked to these people they wind up worse off in life. And so I, I, I guess a long time ago, I decided I wasn't going to pursue after all that stuff to try to get my vision back. I decided I was just going to try to get used to it. And yeah. when I got when I finally got a cane, it made it so much easier. And so I just want to try to tell people, like, if you if you suddenly lose your sight, try to remember, it's not the end of the world. And, and it's a lot easy like, it's a lot better if you just accept it and start adjusting to it and like learn to use the white cane right away. So you mm-hmm. can keep your independence and not lose it. And, and it's important that you learn Braille and learn how to use like some of these talking programs so you can continue to use a computer so you can continue to go to school and educate yourself and continue to work and, and provide for yourself and your families. I wanna really, you know, stress that to people that it's not the end of the world. And it really, you know, you really want to make sure that you don't let your perspective get skewed in that direction.
2: Yeah, no, I was the same way when I first, that first year of my going blind, <clears throat> excuse me, I was always uh, holding out hope that my vision would be restored. And I was kind of in a holding pattern um, because my, my, uh, my thoughts were, oh, well, I'll see what my final vision will be um, instead of adapting what I what I didn't have at the time Mm -hmm. I would always put it off saying well we don't know what my vision will be so I'll learn it once we know what my vision will be at the end Mm -hmm. and that was the worst mistake I could have made yeah
1: and I I can't stress enough for my audience like the you know no matter what happens to you in life if you're blinded or if you wind up uh, paralyzed or in a wheelchair or deaf or if you lose a loved one or if you lose a limb or whatever happens, you know, you can recover from it and and I just really want to try to remind people to it, that you have the power in your own mind and heart. It's like how you need to decide how you're going to view what you're, whatever situation you happen to be going through, right? How are you mm-hmm. going to think about it and how are you going to feel about it? So, because you need to make sure you'll have a good response, a good, you know, um, reaction to it so that you'll have a positive outcome because so many people just let it destroy them. And it's not the end of the world. It doesn't have to be at the end of the world. In fact, it can be the beginning of all things for you if you make it
2: that way. Right. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And it's interesting, a lot of people uh, don't realize that there are things that can help them where just because they lose their physical vision doesn't mean they'll be completely blind because they'll have programs like JAWS, which will allow them. To read the computer screen and various other things like that.
1: Let me tell you, if you're going to, if you want to achieve anything in life and learn how to use technology and learn how to use these tools, don't go in there thinking, oh, I'm going to learn how to use screen magnifiers and stuff like that. Because Mm -hmm. as you get older, no matter, even if you don't wind up with macular degeneration or something like that, just as you get older, your eyes will get tired and you're going to want to know Braille and you're going to want to know how to use some of these talking programs. So you're not relying on magnification. And that's where, like, my parents and my teachers really failed me was they tried to force me to use very limited magnification. Mm -hmm. And it made learning impossible for me. I couldn't read or write anything. Right. Not, not at a decent speed to keep up or to comprehend it and mm-hmm. so i just want to try to you know stress to our our viewers like don't run from blindness don't run from your blindness you know your blind immersion skills because they're important and mm-hmm. that's what will really enable you to continue in life and succeed even as a blind person
2: well i have to ask do you think your parents doing that to you forced you to push yourself more?
1: Um, it, it forced me to push myself, but but it forced me to push myself to do things where I was getting hurt because I was being forced to attempt things without proper tools or training or things like that because they were trying to force me to act like a sighted student and a sighted child everywhere. Mm -hmm. so i was getting hurt because they weren't giving me a cane or the tools to do any of it safely or properly right right and so all those years i was angry because i was wasting all this time and energy and i was getting hurt and and i didn't know if i was gonna live and if i did live i didn't know if i'd be wheelchair about because i didn't know if i was gonna fall down and break my neck because i was getting hurt so i mean i was falling down all the time i had Mm -hmm. to be really careful Um, when I did fall, like to try not to land, so I'd hurt myself seriously and, and, and I had to avoid so many, like, like, I'm going to say catastrophes. Like I remember times when I would be near stairwells, like concrete stairwells that were just there, right? Going down Mm -hmm. to a cellar and, and. There was like, yeah, a little, maybe a little bit of a concrete ledge, but I was blind, right? And if I had stumbled over that while I was doing whatever, if I was with my parents or other adults or other people over the years, Like I could have hurt myself and nobody in my life was taking into account that, hey, maybe we should give this blind woman a cane and and so I was like trying to avoid like crazy stuff like that, I was like, I was like almost getting hit by cars and i was falling in ditches and other holes when i was like walking around town because i'd be walking through like these abandoned lots and stuff where where there'd been like buildings that had burned down or been abandoned or whatever over the years i lived in a really small town it was really poor Mm -hmm. and so it wasn't safe for any child to be wandering around let alone a blind child without a cane and my parents just put me out there and 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 also the the community let it go on and and there wasn't much law enforcement around but they let it go on and the doctors let it go on and the therapists let it go on and the lawyers let it go on and i'm so angry about it all you know
2: yeah yeah
1: so and to me it's it's common sense When a child goes blind, you give them a cane, you give them Braille training, you encourage them to go do things. You don't lock them in their bedroom and not give them any tools.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And, um, and then, but another thing that pisses me off is, so when I was, this happened when I was 12 and then when I was 15, that lawsuit was settled and nobody had my back back then either. Because a few years later, when I was 20, my mom and that lawyer locked me down under that guardianship for 15 years. And I managed to escape from that by the skin of my teeth almost 10 years ago now. But now I've recently found out that my mother and that lawyer have their names on my life insurance policies from all state. Mm-hmm. And so now here I am in this other legal mess and I'm trying to keep it from engulfing my life. If I can outlive them, then it's a moot point and so far i believe i'm in better health than them because i've been working really hard for over three decades now to get my health back and get my life back and and get my you know my um i don't know my my energy back and just my my person back and Mm -hmm. i'm i'm finally here and and they can't stop me now and um Anyway, that's just where I'm at with it, with all of this. And I'm really glad that I'm finally here. But see, through all of this, this crazy quarantine came up in the last year or so, right? And this Mm -hmm. was after 30 years of of learning that I had to manage my own healthcare because I couldn't trust these doctors because of all the stuff they were doing to me. I couldn't trust these lawyers, I couldn't trust my parents. So I learned I had to manage my own healthcare. And look what I did when I started managing my own healthcare. I managed to rebuild my body, soul, my spirit, soul and body. And I'm a whole person today and I'm a business owner and I'm creating a lot of great things. And I just want the world to know that I did this because I believed in myself and I believed in God. And I believe that God said in his word that that he loved me and that he had created me to do great things in life. And, you know, and I believe what he said in his word about about the power of healing and 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 power we have when we believe in him and we believe in his words and stuff. And I believed in all of that as a little girl and I continued to believe in it throughout my life, even though it was hard. But hold if you can manage to hold on, if you can manage to develop that childlike faith, first of all, and if you can manage to hold on to it, you can do a lot of good things in life, believe me, because that's a really strong faith that you have in yourself. And right. um, anyway.
2: Well, that's an interesting perspective.
1: Um, And I'm, so I'm about to launch this series of short stories. And in these short stories, I kind of talk about these things. So I'm really excited to launch these so my viewers can read them.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: They're, they're fictional stories, but they're, they're fun to read. And they kind of talk about the principles that I've been trying to talk about in my videos and my other books. So,
3: right. Hey Beck, I just want you to know that I'm joined the party. I'm oh, hey the guys, video.
1: Carrie's joining us. Hey, how are you, Carrie?
3: I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. How are you? I'm wonderful.
1: <laughs> so Carrie went and saw my life coach this morning. I early in the week when I was out of town, I was up in Great Falls, I scheduled this appointment with Lance, knowing that. Either I or Carrie, one of us would use it, and then when it came right down to it, I had to have her go use it because I didn't think I'd be available, so, but how was it, Carrie?
3: It was amazing. Amazing. Okay. I almost fell asleep in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, huh? Amazing. Oh, it's so the massage is great. <laughs> do
1: you want to talk about amazing parts of it, or do you want to just let it go?
3: No, it was just really relaxing. It's just nice to go in there and just shut down the lights and just, you know, close your eyes and just uh, try to just breathe and and take in those moments, those very few and far between moments that I get of quietness. So it was great.
1: <laughs> so Lance is a massage therapist, so he makes your body feel good? Yes. Does he make any other parts that you feel good?
3: Well, my heart and my soul, you know, it makes you feel good when you just have somebody to talk to and just go in there and.
1: That's the life coach part of it.
3: Part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It to encourage you to help you, um, you know, you share things with them and they give you a different perspective, or at least with him, with Lance specifically, I can't talk. Um, But, you know, sharing some things and and it kind of brings some light to it in another perspective than what, you know, I've seen it. So it was, it's great. It's it good.
2: sounds like a therapy session.
3: It is. It, it kind of is. You get massage, you get therapy, you get uplifted, you get, you know, it clears your soul, your heart, everything. Like I felt, I feel great when I leave there. So it's awesome.
1: I've been seeing Lance for a few years and he's really helped me rebuild my spirit, soul, and body, all three. And, and so I was really, Excited to get Carrie down here so I can have her start seeing him. And so she started seeing him as soon as I could get her in there. And then I just felt like, like he helped her learn some things about herself that helped her when she was in Montana recently, you know, in the battle with her over her daughter. And did you feel like that Carrie?
3: Yeah, definitely. I was sitting here trying to remember all of the things that he is telling me about the Reiki and what Reiki includes, but really a lot of it that took me is that, you know, every day we have to be thankful and grateful for the day that we have, that we woke up that day, but also to um, not stress and worry about the things that we have no control over, you know, give it to God and just let him help you out with it. And that was one of the big things that he told me, you know, was to just, you know, don't stress about the things that we have no control over. And um, just live positive. Just uh, stay positive. Think positive. Just um, encourage others and, like, Barry, makes you did feel better. He, did, did, he,
1: did he make you aware of any of your own power in the situation, though, about your daughter? Um, Didn't you feel more empowered? I mean, it seemed to me like you felt it seemed like you felt felt
3: more refreshed, I guess, in a way, like ready to fight the battle, knowing that I turned it all over to God and left it in God's hands and just kind of took those words of advice of not stress about the things I had no control over, Mm because really, it would have just stressed me out even more and wore me down even more um, mentally, physically, everything. So really just uh, turning it over to God and just letting him guide the way, um, having faith in it. And, uh, you know, that just kind of made me feel good.
2: I think for yeah. the sake of our viewers and, and mine, for my sake, for that matter, uh, could we have a bit of backstory on that?
3: On which, on the, on the abduction of Calais? Well, that's, uh,
2: I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Oh,
3: so, so, you know, I, I joined BBE back in the end of July. Um, mm-hmm. I made the decision. I had to go back to Washington and pack up my house and get ready to move here. So um, I left September um, 1st. I left the morning of September 1st and uh, I let the two smaller, my smaller kids go stay with their father so that they could have some dad time before we were moving to Arizona, you know, since we're a couple states away. And so I never kept the kids from their dads, never. I feel it's best for the kids to have their fathers in their life. So um, I let Calais, well, Calais go stay with their fathers. Calais's father um, has never had her longer than seven days. And she just turned six. Um, So I've had more than 95% of the time, right? And Mm -hmm. um, since I was moving to Arizona, he felt like it was the best interest for him, himself, self, not for Calais, to keep Calais. So he abducted her and refused to give her back to me. So since we did not have a parenting plan in place, um, the police would not help me get her back. I got some bad legal advice and was told to go file orders of protection, all this stuff. So running back and forth from Washington to Montana, which I, I did, um, but then it, uh, was not the right legal advice. So I had to get a different attorney in Montana and fight for custody of Calais, which took about a total of about a month um, that she was away from me in her dad's care. Um, he enrolled her in kindergarten, took that up, op- you know, that first day of kindergarten away from me to be able to bring her everything, thinking that he was going to be a better father, even though he's never really been there that much. Um, mm-hmm. But The bottom line is that you know maybe it was god just uh holding us up a little so that these things were in place before we could move all the way down here you know um we got it all taken care of i uh, got primary custody of calais she has a couple visits a year with her father and uh, now we got here we flew out that night the night that i got her back so we've been here since october 1st now and uh it's just been amazing and yeah, I got my baby back. I got all my kids. I'm happy mama.
2: <laughs> Are you deeply religious?
3: I am religious. Um, I don't know if I would say deeply religious, but I am definitely a Christian and I believe in the Lord and I believe in faith and and uh I just give it all to him, let him take care of it. Right, right.
2: Wait, is Wait. this the Terry that got arrested?
3: Yep, this is the Kerry that got arrested. <laughs> this is the carry oh and guess what I almost got myself praying
1: for a good person back in 2004.
3: Right I almost got myself arrested again because you know what would you do mama bear Bear went into mode (laughs) when my baby was taken away I didn't want to wait for the order of protection to be filed or uh served it was filed but it wasn't served yet Mm
2: -hmm.
3: I didn't want to wait so i had saw him in traffic and my baby in the back seat of the car and decided that i was going to pull it behind them and try to get my baby out of the car and you know i just wanted my baby back i'd never been away from her for that long and i just wanted her and uh i guess mama bear just stepped in and i tried to get her out of the car and cops were called and they charged me with some tickets but all of that has now been dropped um under the circumstances and uh you know, that the prosecuting attorney could understand my reasoning of, behind it. Um, not saying that my actions were the best, but I reacted because I'm a mama and I wanted right. my baby. So um, I'm just well, thankful that happened, Missoula, County, Missoula County decided to dismiss all of my charges.
2: So what happened with le- leaving it all to God?
3: Well, I just reacted I couldn't at that point I had to turn it over to God after that point because <laughs> I got myself in trouble
2: <laughs> gotcha gotcha okay. before
3: that I was I, I had turned it over to God but I hadn't turned it completely over to God because I thought I was still super mom you know I still wasn't giving up because the mother doesn't right. give up right we don't right. give up so I just had to rethink and step back, and and that's when I gave it to God and said, "I need your help." And I had to stop worrying. I saw Lance, in between that time, and he helped teach me that you know I need to understand that I can't um, force things. I need to just be patient and uh, not worry about the things I have no control over. So,
2: so Lance is into homeopathic medicine.
3: I believe so. Yes. So with the yeah. essential oils, everything yeah. like that. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And life coaching is one of the things he does. And, you know, I started seeing Lance for massage therapy specifically, but he of course, life coached me with right with that first massage session and the life coaching wound up being just as beneficial to me as the massage therapy and just as beneficial as the yoga therapy he did with me and just as, beneficial as everything he's done with me over the last few years that's why i keep seeing him i don't see him as often as i did in the beginning and i don't see him very regularly now it's pretty sporadic but i still keep lance in my life because of what he can do for me Mm -hmm. and what he can do for a lot of people so
2: so homeopathy may be an avenue for some people
3: oh yeah yeah, for sure so Way better than any man-made drugs, I believe.
1: My mom has fibromyalgia, and I, I believe I have some symptoms of fibromyalgia, too. And I, I suffered that TBI in 1989 when I was 12 years old, and then I broke my tailbone a few years ago, and I had that thing that happened where, like, uh, my brain herniated, and I was paralyzed on the left side of my body for quite a while after I woke from the coma and stuff. So I've had all of these neurological injuries, Right. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like the holistic medicine has helped me reconnect these neurological things that have been so damaged. And so I'm just really glad that I, I stumbled upon uh, this medicine and I've been actually trying to practice this since I was in my early twenties, but it's gotten so much easier since I moved here. Um, There's a lot of good practitioners here.
2: You mean in Phoenix?
1: Yeah, here in the Phoenix area. Yeah. So there's like um Suiha, the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts, is here in Tempe. And so, and SWEHA is actually, I think they have three or four different campuses. There's the the main branch, the one I just mentioned, and then there's Soy, which stands for Spirit of Yoga, and they have SWINA, which stands for Southwest Institute of Natural Aesthetics, where you can learn, like, I think they do waxing and stuff like that there. But But you can go there and learn how to do like Reiki and reflexology, um, uh, a myriad of different massage therapies. You can learn how to be a yoga trainer. You can Mm -hmm. they have so much to offer there. And so and I've always been really big on education, on educating myself. And so when I discovered this school, I started trying to get more learning there. And they actually have some really cool things. Like they have this thing called gifts and graces on the first Friday of every month that is free that you can go to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they have like a different student who's graduated from the school usually who will give a like a presentation talking about their journey mm-hmm. and and what they're doing with their practice or the things they learned at SWEHA or throughout their journey, you know, as a human being, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, and then they, and after the talk, then you can go and, and like meet people because they have, it reminds me of a job fair. They have these like, like people who graduated who are now like uh, reflexologists they have a booth set up and you can experience a reflexology Th- mm-hmm. that's what it's like they and it's just these different people who have their booth set up so you can go and meet them and hear their story and experience their different modalities and, and like i said it's like a job fair i mean the atmosphere is and it's kind of like there's so much of a variety too like a job fair so um in it so I really enjoyed going to those. And like I said, those are the first Friday of every month at at their Suiha campus. Um, mm-hmm. And they were even doing those virtually during the quarantine. But I think they're doing it in person again now. And honestly, I've been meaning to go because my sister and I love going to those. Um, but but so they have those outreach things. and. And Suiha has a lot of outreach things to the community, so I encourage my viewers to go look at their website. I think it's SWEHA.edu. Um and again, that's Southwest Institute of Healing Arts.
2: Now, do you go? How often do you practice yoga?
1: I haven't actually done yoga in a few years, but I still exercise every day. Um, I my I still have my yoga mat. I just don't have a yoga routine figured out. I mean. I lost my yoga routine that my life coach helped me develop. Um, So I need to figure out another one. So all Mm -hmm. I've been doing is just exercising and like trying to keep active. So my body doesn't like tighten up. I need to get back into yoga though. So right now I'm, I'm just, I just finished one manuscript um, and I'm work I'm still working on my third memoir and we're about to we're getting moving further along in the process of this movie that we're producing. Right. And so Mm -hmm. things are going to get a lot busier on that front too. So I really need to do a little bit of research and find a good yoga program that I can follow. And honestly, I think blind alive, that gal that does blind alive, I think she probably has a good audio described yoga program that I can follow. I just got a and I I did look it up on my iPad once quite a while ago. I just need to call it up on my iPad again cuz that's what I want to play it on.
2: It's actually free now.
1: Yeah, I know it's free and that's why I need to do I I just need to go track it down and get it all downloaded so that I can easily access it. And I need to work it into my morning routine. The problem is right now, like I can barely get my treadmill done in the mornings because I'm sharing my bedroom and bathroom with my teenage son in the mornings. Um, because huh. the hallway bathroom is being taken up by my best friend and her family. Cause they're here too. So like, right. so in the mornings when the kids are all getting ready for school, Davy comes in here and uses my shower and brushes his teeth. So like today I, I was like an hour late, even getting on my treadmill almost.
2: So you've got quite the busy hassle.
1: Yeah. And I, I just realized I'm going to have to start trying to get up earlier again. I used to get up at four o'clock in the morning and I'm going to have to start doing that again. Because if I can get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, then I can have all my stuff done before Davey even gets out of bed. So, Right. And then I'll just, you know, and I used Does to. Does he
2: still go to school?
1: Yeah, he's 14.
2: Huh. Why? Well, I'm just wondering if you get any work done after he goes to school.
1: Um, I get work done after he goes to school, but. I work all the time like like to me exercise part of my work is building my body rebuilding my body and part mm-hmm. of my work is what ro- my writing part of my work is my researching and part of my work is my life coaching and part of my work is my videos and part of my work is the movie I'm producing and the other movies I'm going to produce in the future right so to mm-hmm. me all of these to me all of these are part of my calling part of my mission part of my life work and. And to me, I'm working on these things from the time I get up in the morning till the time I go to bed. Mm-hmm. And and so I just need to get yoga work back into it.
2: Right.
3: So Becca, yeah. maybe we should do it together. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, your- and then we can maybe do it together, you know, because yeah, why not? Like listen to some good music, do some stretching i'm here so why not (laughs) i could try to help you get into throwing it back into routine
1: yeah so anyway carrie's back from her massage with lance and so she's joined us um anyway so i wanted to talk today though about um just some more about what's going on in our country right now in our and in our world but Because I'm an American, I need to be more concerned about my fellow Americans right now, because the world is a really big place and God's got the whole world in his hands. But as an American, I just want to remind my fellow Americans today of the great education that you have had and the great access to great health care that you have had. And you can take all of these things that you've gotten as an American citizen, and you can overcome the socialist nightmare that's descending upon us. Like when they tried to tell me over 30 years ago that it was over and that, that I was going to be dependent on them for the rest of my life and that I would never be able to achieve anything and I would just be a drooling idiot who'd sit in the corner while they collected my paychecks and took care of me. You know, that's what they tried to convince me of and I never believed it. And they kept trying to tell me, but it was. It quickly, I quickly realized that the more I kept speaking out the truth and speaking out on my behalf, And the more they kept saying, no, you're wrong. I was the one that was right. Because the more that time passed and the more I worked, the stronger I was becoming. And the more coordinated I was becoming. And the more my brain was healing, even in those early days. you know, I remember in those early days when I first got home from the hospital, I remember my eyes were already starting to get better. I was starting to see some light, right? So Mm -hmm. God was healing me from the very beginning. And I... I knew that, and I trusted that, and I believed that, and I kept telling those stupid doctors and my parents all those years. And, and, so, and in the same way, our country will heal, and our country is healing, and we are strong people here in America, and we are good people. We're hardworking, and we love one another, and we want to help the world. I really believe most Americans want to help the world. We don't want to hurt the world, but we also don't want to be taken advantage of
2: who's taking advantage of
1: it oh there's plenty of people taking advantage of america right now because of what the biden administration has done he, they've opened up our southern borders and they're letting all kinds of people in to take advantage of us and and this is only the beginning because this i mean he only just recently got elected so um right um but but i just I, and, and listen, you guys, as this goes on, we're going to start to feel like like we're on the top of a waterfall. We're going to feel like we're having to run to keep from going over the edge. We're going to have to keep swimming and swimming and swimming to avoid getting pushed over the edge of that waterfall, right? Or we're going to feel like we're on a treadmill. We're going to feel like we're running and running and running and running and running to get ahead of, of life, right? And to keep taking care of ourselves and paying our bills and taking care of our families because the what is going on with our economy right now and and all of because of all the dominoes that the Biden administration and these liberals are knocking over to make all this stuff happen they are very rapidly tightening the noose around american families around the throats of american families financially and socially and and it's it's really going to hurt us But we need to remember what we've survived in this country. America has survived a lot. And we need to remember where our strength lies. Our strength lies in in God, whoever your God is. Maybe, I mean, I believe there's one God. But I believe that God said people can worship however they want. So whoever your God is, he has made you strong and intelligent and kind. That's the easiest way to go in this life. Yes, you can be an asshole. Yes, you can be someone who takes advantage of others and tries to get the the better end of the stick all the time. Or you could try to go the other way and turn the other cheek and and try to help other people whenever you get the opportunity right right it'll come back to you, believe me, Um, but but try to be try to be. Try to be a loving American today. I really believe most people are. I'm just speaking out because of what the socialists are saying about Americans, because they're saying that America as a whole or overall is that we are evil people, and it's not the case. How so? How and so who's much, saying that? The liberals are.
2: Okay, they, how they are even, they saying they've that?
1: They've been saying this for as long as I can remember, though, guys, honestly. Um, and and But guys, listen. I'm worried that my fellow Americans might start to believe what they're hearing because when, when you hear the same thing day in and day out and it becomes so repetitive, they try to brainwash and convince you of that, but you have to overcome it. Listen, they tried to convince me for years and years by telling me over and over, you'll never do it. You'll never succeed. You'll always be helpless and under our thumb, right? And I knew they were wrong. I knew I just had to keep working harder and harder and running that race faster and faster to get ahead of them. And my fellow Americans, we can all do it because these socialists, they're lazy, they're uneducated, they're, they're um, always looking for the easy way out. And, and, and we'll make it. Uh, just believe me. I, I, I know. Now, Becca. What?
2: I have to ask. What? Is it possible that God is driving Biden?
1: That God is driving Biden?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's possible that God is driving Biden um, at some in level. which
2: case doesn't that mean he's doing what he's supposed to do?
1: I believe all of this stuff is um, is predicted in the Bible and and okay. and, and, I, and I believe that God knew about that all this was gonna happen, which is one reason okay. why I've been able to remain calm through all of this.
2: But because you haven't I, answered I, my I, question. I
1: believe in this thing called pre-or, pre-orda,
2: preordainment.
1: Yeah, preordainment, yeah. Like I, I believe our steps are preordained and I mean, we can choose to change our reaction you know and react a certain way And that will change the outcome But it, it, You know what I mean But you
2: haven't if, answered my question though
1: What's your question
2: My question was If Biden is doing what he's supposed to do Doing what God Wants him to do How I, is what he's doing Wrong
1: I'm not saying that he's doing what God wants him to do I'm not saying he's God's making him do what he's no, doing No no I'm saying God's is allowing it, it.
2: Is it possible?
1: Is what possible?
2: That God is planting these ideas in his head.
1: I don't think so. Um, it's possible. I'm sorry.
2: Why don't you think so?
1: I don't know what spirit uh, spirit or spirits or entities uh, Joe Biden converses with, if any. Because honestly, I question his ability to to think on that level.
2: So what are you saying that God talks to people like you but not people like Biden?
1: I'm saying that I don't think Biden has the mental ability to understand who's saying what to him. I I think he can barely read off a teleprompter.
3: I okay. maybe Biden I doesn't quite he have he God, has God, has God, God, God in his heart he, if you like he likes young little girl the little to, kids.
1: To think for himself and develop those kinds of thoughts and, and um, theories, I don't think. What mm-hmm. did you say,
3: Carrie? I said it, maybe he doesn't ha- quite have God in his heart if he likes to touch little children and little girls, and you know.
1: He, he also, President Biden is also pro-abortion um, and, okay. and he has a track record of touching women inappropriately and
3: in children inappropriately and, and children he, I mean even children yeah. young children and and
2: hold, then on. hold, hold on hold on hold,
3: the hold on is really shaky especially
1: in the last several months since he took office so
2: so you're saying people should be forced to have baby
3: no they shouldn't be forced to have a baby but if you're gonna go out and you're going to um sorry I My thing, another screen popped up. But if you're going to go out and have sex and you're going to do the things that get you pregnant, then you better be ready to have the take on that consequence and take on the responsibility is my opinion. But, you know.
2: But wait, don't you think women have a choice?
1: We're just women, so our opinions don't matter to you. No, but wait a a second. Hold on. No, no,
2: stop, 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 stop. You've been arguing, well, you've been yelling at the top of your lungs that you weren't given a choice in terms of your uh sorry, your guardianship.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
2: Right? Which means you your choices were taken away from you.
1: Yeah.
2: So you're essentially telling me that the choice for a woman to have an abortion should be taken away from them.
1: I'm saying that it should not be paid for by tax dollars. And and I'm saying that
2: Well, how is it, it paid not, it for it by tax not be, dollars?
1: It not be made available. There's there's a lot it of, shouldn't be used as a type of birth control that either. That are wrong. Like they should not allow teenage underage girls to go get an abortion without their parents' consent, because that is a major surgery. And
2: well, and no, it, it isn't
1: can't go get her ear pierced or get a tattoo without her parents permission why are they allowing letting these little girls go get abortions and why are why are the schools and the abortion clinics helping to helping to uh, administer and set up the whole process of of talking these little girls into going and getting an abortion in the first place instead of talking to their parents first now wait a
2: second do you really believe these places are talking these kids into abortions.
1: I think that a lot of times they are, yeah, because these kids are scared and they don't know what their options are.
3: I don't um, think that, I think that a lot of it also, it starts,
1: they, I'm sorry,
3: sorry. It it's starts actually with the school systems too because they're wanting to introduce sex ed so early within the school systems with these kids, which then gets the curiosity sparked in these children, which then makes it that these young children are going out and having sex and they are getting STDs. And I even just read something today stating in Washington that minor children can go get uh, abortions, birth control, STD medicines, um, all without a parent consent. And I looked at my son myself and said, you better not do any of these things without letting me know because i'm your mom and i would like to be that support person for my child we should be able to have open relationships with our children so that they're not afraid to be able to come and ask for help with these situations no child I feel should have to be making decisions at that young age of if they need to be on birth control or not, or on their own, or if they need to get an abortion or not, they need to be able to have their parents and have support people. But I don't think it's right that, uh, that, that kids can just go in and get this stuff done. And I feel that it starts with the school systems where they're introducing the sex in the sex ed too early with our children, which then is, making our population even larger, making young teen pregnancies, making STDs more wild and rapid. Now look at we all have to get H. The boys are recommended to get HPV vaccinations. That's because why? Because more young children are having sex. That HPV is an STD. So I mean, I think that if the school systems maybe didn't introduce it at such a young age, then maybe it would lower the the numbers of teen pregnancies, teen abortions, STDs, all of that.
2: Well, you are aware that sexual curiosity is going to happen regardless of when it's introduced, right?
3: That is correct, Vic. Yes, it is human nature, right? I mean, some people are more sexual than others. Some people discover it at a younger age without being introduced to schools, but it doesn't help when the school systems introduce it into... And, and at process, such a young age, and, but and that's
2: it. just it. The school system isn't teaching them that they have to be promiscuous.
1: Now, guys, another problem with the school systems that's come up very recently is what's going on with the school boards. Have you guys heard what the the National School Board Admi- or Administration or whatever it's called has been doing to parents who stand up for their children at school board meetings? They're calling uh- these parents terrorists guys i didn't know that well vic wouldn't know that because he's not in america but yeah carrie here in america the national school board administration has labeled parents who stand up for their children at school board meetings about the vaccine and about the vaccine mandates and about the critical race theory they're labeling those parents terrorists
3: for advocating for their children
1: yeah yeah for, for advocating for their children for their children to have the kind of education we've always had here in America.
2: I'm and, sorry, where did they call them terrorists?
1: I don't know. In a, They just have. They're like, they're calling them terrorists. They're well, no, they're, no, they're, you, they're no,
2: Becca, the, you they're, can't they're say shit like FBI, that.
1: It's the FBI. They're trying to get the FBI to go after these parents as as terrorists. That's what it is. Becca, Becca you
2: can't say shit like that without actually offering proof.
1: I just said the proof, I couldn't remember it right off, but that's what it is. The, the, the National School Board Administration is talking to the FBI, trying to get the FBI to go after these parents and investigate them as terrorist suspects because they stand up for their children at school board meetings. And these school boards are paid for with our tax dollars. And these teachers are paid for with our tax dollars.
2: I just don't believe that's happening.
1: Well, go online and look at it, Vic. It's happening here in the US. I don't know what's going up on, going on up with there in Canada, but I bet that's going on up there too. I bet they're teaching critical race theory up there. And I bet they're doing all the same stuff they're trying to force our kids to do down here. And parents are standing up down here, Vic, because they don't like the socialist agenda. And the national school and board is
2: you think the, the school agenda. system is calling them terrorists?
1: No, the National School Board Administration is calling them terrorists
3: calling the parents terrorists for advocating for their children
1: and advocating for their children at school board meetings.
2: I'm sorry. I can't believe that's actually happening. Can you guys hear me?
1: Yes.
0: Vic, I'm going to jump in for a second. Cause I, 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 just need to educate you on something. You're clearly not following the um, emergency hearings that were held this week with the Senate and, uh, Merrick Garland was being grilled by Ted Cruz and a bunch of other senators. This is what, you should really research it. I know Becca can't explain it fully, but research what is going on, what these hearings were about. A letter was sent to, uh, you know, know, from the National uh, School Board, and the reason that this is a controversy is because Merrick Garland, who is our Attorney General, basically accepted that these parents are committing what they deemed as 20 acts of violence, which was not true, against teachers. And he sent it off to the FBI for parents to be flagged as domestic terrorists. So you should research it. That's all.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I guess I was also looking it up. I was also just looking it up and it says, it took a few weeks, but National School Board Association has apologized and sending a letter to to president biden suggesting the threats and acts of violence at school board meetings but the, the domestic terrorism that was being uh, uh, <clears throat> performed against the parents so that is that is true vic if you want to look it up i just pulled up an article on it myself as we're sitting here so wow it's very sad. Very sad That's that people whole to yeah, Vic, treat parents that. like that. They really
1: are trying to strip us of our rights here in this country. They really are trying to shove socialism down our throats. This is serious. Yep. And, I hope and taking away it. our rights of our children. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I have not lost hope. Though I like I said, I've talked to some people who have given up hope, but I have not lost hope because there's a lot of people who were raised like I was, and like Carrie was, and like Gino was, and like so many of the other other good conservatives I know who love this country and who love our children and who want our children to get a good education so that they grow up to be hardworking people who love their country and who love their fellow man, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I know there are the- bad people in there, but the majority of people are good, and they just need to be given a shot, you know, a, a good opportunity in life.
3: I really believe and that. really it's all it comes down to communication and openness too. Mm-hmm. You know, like we have to be able to communicate with one another. We have to be able to be supportive of one another to keep the peace and happiness in our world.
2: Hmm. I have to say that's disappointing,
3: right?
1: What's disappointing Vic?
2: Well, that the, this association did what they did.
1: Yeah. So Vic, this is just one of the many travesties that are being committed against the American people right now. This is honestly, like I said, just one of many, and this is not one of the, I mean, it's pretty, a pretty serious one, but there's some that are pretty a lot bigger and a lot scarier.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Like, like um, an example of another thing that's happening in our world today here in the States is this, uh mandation of the vaccine you know there's thousands of first responders that are going to be out of work because they don't want to get the vaccine they're stripping them of they've already taken our constitutional rights that, away that's happening
1: not only to first responders but every the, everybody, everybody,
3: everybody everybody yeah
1: every company in this nation that has 100 employees or more is mandated by the u.s government to get all those employees vaccinated and because a lot of these employees are refusing They're quitting. So a lot of these companies don't have their workforce anymore.
3: Or they're being forced to quit because they're going to make them as of whatever date it was. I can't remember the date exactly. But then they're going to make it so they get unpaid leave. Mm -hmm. So they aren't allowed to come back and they're not going to be getting paid until they get that vaccine. Which then really just corners people. It kind of corners them. What if they have a family to take care of?
1: And listen to me, it's, it's still, it's an experimental vaccine. It's like, they're, they're forcing all Americans to get a vaccine so they can treat them like guinea pigs. <clears throat> and the only thing we can do is say no. I told those doctors and those lawyers, no, when I you know, when they locked me down under that guardianship, I started saying no to all the crazy shit. I stopped all the medical shit. I stopped all of the drugs. I only participated in the stuff that I knew was really going to make me better. And that's what mm-hmm. the American people are going to do. People are going to have to stand up and say, "No, absolutely not." We're we're refusing to participate in these these unconstitutional mandates. We refuse to to punish our employees for not getting the the vaccine. We refuse to stop, you know, doing business with other with other people because they didn't get the mand- the vaccine. You know, I I don't know. I just really feel like that's what we're going to have to do. That's how I beat the rap, you guys. They tried to. Forced this whole socialist nightmare on me. They, they tried to like, they tried to drown me in it from the moment I woke up, right? They, they tried to convince me of all this shit and I never believed it. And I had to keep saying no, 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 I refuse. I had to keep fighting to make myself stronger. And we're going to have to do the same. We're going to have to start saying no. No to the vaccine, no to this mandate, no to that mandate. We're going to have to remember who we are and what we're made of. We don't need vaccines to be normal, productive, loving, um, normal Americans, right? We don't need masks to do any of that. We just need our freedoms to go do and
3: live. And God in our hearts. No, just yeah. kidding. <laughs>
1: That's- I mean, I'm not kidding, but
3: amen. <laughs> yeah. And faith, got to have faith. Yeah, and it's faith faith in yourself as well as faith in your God and faith in your country and faith in your fellow man. And believing in in yourself and believing in in others. I know faith isn't such a cool thing
1: anymore, but it's cool in my book. And I'm writing a lot of books, you guys. (laughs) I'm about to publish my third book and I'm working on my fourth book, so
2: I I just think it's a, a really a really difficult choice to make
1: it is and but a lot of americans are being forced to make that decision and and it sounds to me from what i've heard like most americans are are standing up for themselves and their families and they're saying no we're not going to get this these vaccines i quit you know you know god always has another option out there for you um i'm sure all of us have been at points in our life where you know, it looks like, we, you know, bo- bo- either choice or either road we take, it's going to be risky, right? So we take the lesser of the two roads. But, you know, we've all been there where we're like, we're barely hanging on or it's like we're, we're just about to lose, right? But, but if we believe in ourselves we, and we find that that last, last little bit of power, that last tool, that last thing that you have inside of you that God put there when he created you that they can't take away from you. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm talking about. I think we all have that inside of us, especially as Americans, because we, we, we can learn. We can go read about it. We can read about these things. We can read about our own abilities. Right. And they can't stop us. They can't stop us from learning or achieving anything in this country. And, and so I just want to make sure people remember that. Okay right because you all we all have that power inside of us um and anyway turn to prayer yeah well and turn to yourself and you're all, oh no so like you have tools around you like always forever like over the years as i was trying to rebuild my body it was i didn't always have access to a treadmill like i have now i didn't have access to tools to help myself so in the early days i had to tell myself you know just getting up and walking is rebuilding myself just getting up and moving is rebuilding myself picking up a heavy gallon of milk and carrying it with me is rebuilding myself right right we have ways of doing things on our own. Even if they try to stop us from being productive people, we can still be productive people on our own terms. Even if they can't measure it with their measuring stick, we can still be productive and still get shit done. And the the really funny thing is they don't see that. That's how I did it. I, I got better by inches and inches and inches. And before I knew it, I was getting better by miles. And when they finally turned around to look, I was long gone. You know, (laughs) and so that's how we can do it here in America. If every American just keeps trying to get better inch by inch and do more inch by inch before long, we'll be doing it mile by mile and we'll be far ahead of these socialists and they won't be able to stop us from rebuilding our country and rebuilding ourselves and becoming the strong, intelligent, wonderful people and the inventive people Americans have always been. Yeah. It's really about your perspective and your Uh framework. Uh-oh, SpaghettiO.
2: No, you know, phones.
1: Mm -hmm. I know, my phone was ringing earlier.
2: (laughs) I gotta get that. So you guys keep talking.
1: (laughs) Okay, Vic. (laughs)
3: Hey, Carrie, how are you? I'm great, Beck. Okay. Good topics today. (laughs) Yeah, um, oh, Terry, I hear the birds out there on the veranda where you're at. <laughs> oh, yes. It's so beautiful out here. There's not a day that goes by since I've been here that I can't say, oh, it's so beautiful. I mean, I do say it's so beautiful. I, I think can't say I, it's bad.
1: I still thank God every day for bringing me to Arizona and giving me this beautiful
3: home. Yeah, it's beautiful here. Is Vic back? I think he's still talking on the phone. He has us muted, I think, right now.
1: Oh, okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what else we should talk about, Carrie. Um, Well, this is Friday. Time for a
0: commercial break.
1: Yeah, let's take a quick commercial break, ladies and gentlemen. Please Sorry,
2: guys. I, I'm going to have to go, but I uh, right. I really hope, you know, you guys get this yeah, stuff resolved down there.
1: Right now. So I think we're actually off the air. Yeah, we're look listening. into it, Vic. Hey, into- everybody, great news. You can now get both of my books on Audible. My first book, Because You're Blind, is the story of how I went from that terrified little girl who woke up suddenly blind and brain injured at the age of 12 years old, and then years later was locked down under an illegal and corrupt guardianship in the state of Montana for 15 years. It's the story of how I defeated all of that and overcame all of that. And then my second book, Changing My Perspective, is how I used my own thinking to empower myself to change my life after all of that. And now today, I am the founder and president of Blue Butterfly Enterprises, as well as host and creator of Becca's World on YouTube. And I have a lot of other great projects going on. But I just wanted to encourage you guys to check out the audible versions of my books because they're both good stories. And you can get, there's I have some free downloads of each book available. If you email me at info at bluebutterflyenterprises.com, I would be happy to send you a free download so you can check it out. Thank you so much for your time, and now back to the blind view. Hey, Carrie, are you still with us? I'm still with you. Okay, so um, Carrie, this weekend, I think I was talking to Mindy. Yeah, I think I'm gonna try to find a place for us gals to go out and let cut loose, maybe let we'll our see. hair down. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to Denim and Diamonds before and they are, it's a really fun bar. I mean, I don't really drink. I might have one drink while I'm there. But it's great because they play country music and they've got like a dance floor and the crowd's pretty through cool and stuff. So I'm going to look into it. And if we don't have to wear masks, I think, uh, I think we should go there.
3: That sounds great. Looking all- forward to it, Beck. Thanks yeah. for having me today.
1: Okay. Thank you guys so much for joining us today for Becca's World. Um, for another episode of the blind view please like share and hit the subscribe button peace out that's a wrap y'all thank you for watching Duchess's world please like share and subscribe to my